scholarships begin as early as kindergarten. Oh, I what? know, it's crazy. For college? I know, for college, it is crazy. There is one scholarship for K through third grade, and the kid literally just doodles on a piece of paper, and it's a $1,000 scholarship. It's crazy. Hi there, I'm Tracy, and this is the Essential Stepmom Podcast, your source of unconventional advice and inspiration for the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. Is it really an art? You bet. Nobody pops out of the womb with an instinct for step parenting. It's something you practice and get better at, like anything else. And if you found this podcast, it means you're smart enough to look for someone who's been practicing the moves for a long time to stand in your corner and coach you through it. I'll share my wins, my missteps, and my analysis of what worked for my family over the last 14 years and why it could work for you too. If you like this stuff, don't forget to subscribe. And you can get more of me at EssentialStepMom.com. This is part two of my interview with Denise Thomas, the guru of getting scholarship dough for your kids or stepkids, as the case may be. I need to say something important before we get going here. Some of you listening to this podcast feel a strong sense of duty to help your stepkids. You're all over helping with homework, keeping track of when the assignments are due, teaching good table manners. If I'm going to be honest, I have to include myself in that group. I've spent many an evening rearranging the paragraphs of an essay for my stepkids, just the way I did for my own daughter. But when I said at the end of last week's episode that helping to find scholarships could be an ideal way for a stepmom to do something really useful, I did not want you to go away thinking that you're supposed to make it into your responsibility because it's not. It's an opportunity for you to make one particular kind of contribution, but it would be a drag if you found a way to use this idea to just tie yourself to the outcomes in another way. If it's not fun, if it's not being well-received, if it's not being appreciated, You've got to let go, okay? Now, I asked Denise to dish up some of her secrets. If we're going to do this, where do we start? <laughs> so what I like to do, ideally, I start with what are the activities that your student is doing? Let's talk about that. Let's figure out if it's something that the college is going to see as a passion or a focus for your student. They're not looking for the jack of all trades as they used to 30 years ago. Mm. What they're looking for is how do I place you in our campus community? Where do you fit in? If you're into sports, but you're probably not going to play college ball, well, you'll probably be in our intramural community. Do you participate in your school's chess club? Maybe you'll be in the chess club here. Are you into dance? Maybe you'll be in one of the dance clubs or take some of the dance classes that we have as extra courses. So that's what colleges are looking for. In addition to, are you going to succeed, right? Yeah. So they're looking for that. Um, so we start with activities. Not only 
do we start with it for what colleges are looking for? We also start with that for searching for scholarships because there are scholarships based on your child's interest and things that are specific to your child, such that as their ethnicity, their heritage, right? right? There are, you know, Italian American scholarships and such as that. Yeah. So when you focus on your kids' attributes that are specific to them, there will be fewer applicants for that scholarship. Okay. Okay. So that's important to know. Start local, start personal, then go local, your local community scholarships, because believe it or not, there are so many companies, corporations, organizations that give scholarships, even in your own community, that you will just be astounded. Wow. Then we move and branch out. I show you how to search for all of these scholarships exactly, what to Google, you know, where to Google it, how to find it, uh, whether or not you're, you know, going directly to a particular store or whatever to get the information you need. And in a lot of cases, in most cases, your student does not, and your family does not have to be a member of some of these clubs or organizations. Sometimes you do, but sometimes you don't. For example, here in the U.S., we have something called the Elks Club. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a, a gentleman's type organization uh, mostly men from what I can gather here. And you don't have to be a member to apply for their scholarship. It's a community scholarship, okay. but their scholarship runs local, regional, state, and national. Wow. So it begins at the local level. Again, local level, fewer competition. You want to start there. And everyone is eligible. Everyone. Both my kids won Elks scholarships. My daughter won a local and regional scholarship. My son won the national scholarship. Wow. Okay. There are other things to know, quote, in advance, because these scholarships, if you, if you wait until your kid is a senior, mid to late senior year, you've missed the deadline. Yeah. Okay. Not only have you missed the deadline, but even if you didn't, even if you're right on it, it's usually more than just here, give me your you know, name, address, and phone number. It can be an essay for some of these scholarships. For the Elks, you're developing a portfolio. Mm -hmm. In my course, we developed that portfolio throughout the course. So at the end of the course, they have exactly what they need to submit as their portfolio for their Elks Most Valuable Student Scholarship. And I also have the judging criteria for that scholarship which I also give to my parents. So they understand how many points each area or activity or what have you portion of the application and how important it is to this, uh, to this scholarship venue. Another big scholarship here in the US is the Coca-Cola Scholars Scholarship. When my daughter was coming up, she was first, she applied for this scholarship. Now, interestingly, this scholarship is a big one. It's like 20 grand and they give, I don't know, a bunch of them. So there's a lot of competition. Well, the company doesn't have people to look through every one of these 100 or 200,000 applications. So it goes through a computer first. The very first application is checkboxes. Pages and pages. I think there's like nine pages of checkboxes of typical high school activities and leadership roles. Well, my daughter was homeschooled. Mm. 
she had an extraordinarily impressive resume. And just by example, she was a ballroom dance athlete. She taught ballroom dance uh, for pay as her, in, as her income, as well as for community service. And she had a lot of other community service as well. She had the congressional award. I mean, she had an incredible resume, but she could not check enough boxes because she did not belong to these clubs. Right. By the time my son was coming up five years later, I had this application. As soon as he started high school, I partnered with another homeschool parent in our organization, our homeschool organization that's local to us. And we developed opportunities for our kids to be able to check those boxes. By the time my son was a senior, he was able to check enough boxes to get to the second level of application process. This is where they can actually write out what they did, right. what accomplishments they've had, and their essays, et cetera. My son became a Coca-Cola Scholar semifinalist. Cool. Knowing these things in advance is extremely important. This is why it kills me. It hurts my heart when I keep hearing over and over again the rhetoric of wait till junior year to do anything. If you do that, you are scrambling. Yeah. Yes, it is possible because maybe you've got, maybe your kid does have what they need and we can work with that and make them look great on paper, but maybe they don't. So the earlier a parent contacts me, the better. The vast majority, I will tell you, contact me in senior year because that's when they suddenly realize, oh my gosh, there's a gap. That's it. That's what I'm saying, that we, we have such a hard time projecting ourselves into that place. When your kid is 12 years old, you, it feels like an eternity away. It's like, I can't possibly be thinking about this yet, but you have to. Absolutely. And the reason, even just, look, just talk to me one time when your kid is a, is a middle school student. And here's why. Let's say that your kid has been in Little League and playing community ball since they were three or four years old. Awesome. Well, if I ask that parent whose middle school kid now is still playing community ball, hey, are they going to play college ball? Well, I don't know. They're 12. Then the answer to that is no. And I say that because these kids are picked out at age eight and nine. Is it possible that a 16, 17 year old will suddenly take up a sport and be awesome? Yes. Is it probable? No. So I don't, I don't say, well, then they have to quit. No, 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 no. That's not the point. The point is, if that's not going to be where they're getting their scholarships, then we need to chat. Right. Do, does your student love what they're doing? Or are they only showing up because mom's been dropping them off at the park twice a week since they right. were four years old? Right. Okay. If they love it, well, we can work with that. Because, and again, this goes back to college applications. If they love it, then... Johnny can be a little league coach. Right. He can still play community ball. He can maybe hold workshops right. on the weekends right. as a community service, right? Or paid workshops, maybe even a summer camp as self-employment. Yeah. Now we are showing a lot of character traits and initiative, and you're also showing the college where you fit into their campus community. You've got the trifecta. Cool. That's great. Well, but you have to think about that early. Yes. 
Yes, you do. And I think you, I think I really like your idea of taking the SATs from, from an early age because I think the students also need to buy in to what that experience is about and how it's a hard test and more because of how weird it is and how strategic yes. it is. And that like when my daughter took it, she only realized about a week before that there was like a book, never mind a course that she could have taken on how to write the SATs. And so like it was overwhelming. It's like a giant telephone book. It's a huge sure. preparation. And so she just exactly. flipped through it and kind of did the best that she could. Um, but like in, like if we had to do it over, she would have started the year before Absolutely. learning about it. But the year before she wasn't in that headspace. It would, it, she didn't even know what an SAT was or why she would want to take it. So I think, it, you know, the parents have to get involved to the extent of saying, do this now, take the test, doesn't matter what mark you get, but like, you're going to learn what it's like to write the test and you're going to learn what the questions are like. And they could become intrigued with that process and then spend Absolutely. a few months going through the manual and learning the tricks. As you said, there are tricks to passing that test. There are. And the strategies are so cool because once your student has taken the exam enough times, whether they're taking it at home as a practice test or taking it for real, which I recommend taking it for real at least a few times. Yeah. Because again, that testing environment is usually yeah. not their high school environment. Right. It's usually at someone else's high school. Yeah. So it's a whole different ballgame. And being such a high stakes exam, there is a lot of pressure. Yeah. So if they've taken it several times uh, in the testing environment, they learn to get used to uh, distractions. The, the, the kid tapping their pencil or their foot or kicking the back of the seat or the rain on the tin roof or just all myriad of, of uh, types of distractions. But in taking it and practicing those test taking strategies, they also, those strategies become second nature. They're right. not thinking of that either as they're taking those exams. So it really is, uh, I think, one of the best strategies that there is out there is to take it early, take it often, yeah. learn about your mistakes, learn yeah. how not to buy make the, those buy errors. the results and the key and all of that. That's right. That's right. That's very cool because I think what one thing anyway that's probably probably a common problem is uh, in Canada. Anyway, we have semester learning in the mm -hmm. high schools, not all high schools have this, but so my daughter wrote the SAT, as I said, in January and the math course that she needed to answer those questions was in the winter semester. So she hadn't had yet any of the instruction that mm -hmm. replied to the questions that were going to be on the test. And if she had only had the strategy, the question answering strategy of like, let's say, you know, nothing, here's what you do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? That would have, that would have boosted her marks quite nicely. Even if she wouldn't have gotten the very top marks, she could have done a little bit better than, than absolutely. How she did. Matter of fact, there, there's a strategy for answering questions that you have literally no clue and cannot narrow down the answers. And just using that strategy alone, if someone went into the exam with like literally eyes closed and only used this strategy, they would get about 25% of the questions right. Wow. Wow. Well, so there's things that, that kids need to know and parents need to know. But here's the big deal. And I do understand that parents come to me in senior year. That's 
awesome because senior year is when they have the most opportunities for finding what I call outside scholarships, scholarships given by corporations and individuals and foundations and whatnot. There are 1.7 million scholarship opportunities for over $22 billion. So what that means, the number of scholarships available looks like a bell curve with seniors, high school seniors being the vast majority of scholarships at the top of the bell. Mm-hmm. and kindergartners being at the bottom on one side and doctoral students being at the bottom on the other side of the bell. Mm-hmm. So there are scholarships for middle school students, for high school freshmen, sophomore, juniors, but the vast majority are going to be for high school seniors. But <laughs> if, you've, if you've paved the way since middle school, checking off all the boxes and making sure that your kids are showing their passion and having community service that's related to what they love to do, all those things that you've talked about, then when they apply in senior year, they have a much better chance of actually getting them. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that, um, that parents don't realize is that senior year begins the second they leave junior year. Mm. It doesn't believe, uh, begin in August or September of senior year. It begins in May or June, whenever they left junior year, because that's when those scholarships for high school seniors begin. So if you ask about scholarships in November of senior year, right. you've already missed five months of scholarship deadlines. Wow. Okay. And there are so many out there. I tell parents, look, most of these don't even ask for your kid's GPA or test score. That was what our experience is. You know, people say, oh, well, your kids won 17 scholarships, won $199,000. They must be geniuses. No, no. They didn't even ask for GPA and test score for most of these. At least $50,000 worth for each kid didn't even ask for GPA or test score. Wow. It is simply answering a question in a short essay of some kind. They want your opinion. It's, It's literally their way, this company's way of giving back to the community. And in most cases, they would have gladly just drawn it out of the hat, but that would have been A, too easy, and B, brought in way too many applications. They just don't have that type of, you know, they they can't do that. As a matter of fact, there are companies that contact small businesses like myself to have their scholarships listed on, in our website, in our programs because they don't want 200,000 applications. Right. And, or they just, maybe they just don't want to pay to be listed in a scholarship database for that same reason. Because if you're in a database, the likelihood is you're gonna have tens of thousands, if not 100,000 applications. Right. And they don't have those resources to actually legitimately go through them. So, I mean, even during this time of COVID, I've had six companies call me with new scholarships from either either a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars each and wow. most of them are twice a year scholarships um so this is so cool so definitely start looking and start looking now i don't care what age your kid is uh but you know it's one of the things that i find is that i had a girlfriend tell me oh you know bully for you your kids must be geniuses etc about the scholarships because her daughter had applied to 40 scholarships and won none. Now, I hear that 
a lot. But here's the reason it's happening. Either they're not applying to the right scholarships, the ones that that student can really speak to, or they're not answering that question properly. Right. If you think about, and most parents are either in the workforce or have been in the workforce. If you think about a scholarship application similar to a job application, okay? What you wanna put on that resume or as part of that scholarship application is who are you? What makes you different? What makes you special? Why is it that they should quote hire you? Why is it that they should give money to me? Okay. Mm -hmm. So if a student is applying for something that they have no interest in the topic, that is going to show through on their essay. You might as well toss it in the trash now. So try to find, considering there are millions of them out there, find another one, find something they actually can speak to that they have an opinion on. And also as same for looking for a job, you would investigate or research that company. Do the same here. What kind of person do they hire? Is, you know, what, what are their character traits that they're looking for uh, in this um, applicant, right? Do they list previous year's winners? Some of them not only list the winner, they even give you the essay that they wrote. Cool. So there's definitely ways of strategizing to win these, uh, these applications, to win these scholarships. The very first scholarship that my daughter won was the very first scholarship she applied to. She was a high school junior, and it was a national scholarship for $10,000. Oh, wow. When she won that scholarship, I knew we had a winning strategy. And we applied it to everything else that she did and for my son as well. Oh, and here's another, another clue for parents. You may have kids that are already in college. Guess what? There are university scholarships for university students. It's not just high school. Wow. Don't give up on free money until the last parchment is in hand. <laughs> okay. My goodness. Oh, this is so such great information. And I'm, I tell you, I'm tempted to take your course myself because I, we still have two kids in university and why not, right? There's money out there. Why not look for it? Find, find out where it is. Tell people how to find money you. Money is there. Well, they can find me at my website, which is getaheadoftheclass.com. And on that website, on the front page, there are two opportunities to, uh, to get in touch with me. There's a, a checklist called 12 Scholarship Secrets. And these are tips from prestigious scholarship judges from places like Princeton and Brown and things like that. It's a list of things that they see that gets the scholarship application thrown in the trash immediately. Mm. So before sending in, before hitting that submit button or putting it in the mail, for your child's application, go through this checklist and make sure you can check pretty much every box. I've heard a couple of people say, oh, most of this is common sense. Yes, it is. But hear me out. When my daughter sent in her first college application, she forgot to send in the check, the application fee. That's part of following the instructions, following directions. Mm. That is one of the first two check boxes on this list, by the way. And there's a reason for it. 
because following directions gets it tossed in the trash. Well, my daughter's application should have gotten tossed in the trash, but because we had created this, what I call transformative application package that showcased who she is, not just a GPA and a test score. We got a phone call from the university and they said, this is, he gave the name, name of the university. I'm calling because we received your daughter's application, but did not receive the application fee. And we would like to offer her tuition, fees, room, board, and books. But we need the fee huh. in order to process the scholarship. My goodness. Okay, so I'm trying not to jump up and down for joy because I'm thinking he made a mistake. So I asked him, I said, you do know she's a junior. See, my daughter made her first university application as a high school junior for the following, you know, another year, wow. year, year and a half out semester to start. Because this university has check boxes at the top of their application for which semester are you planning to start? So I made sure he understood, we're talking about a junior here. She's not starting for another year and a half. Mm. He said, yes, ma'am, we'll wait for her. My goodness. That is the impact of the application package that we put together in this course. What's your course called? It's called Cracking the Code to Free College. Okay. Cracking the Code to Free College. Like everybody needs to do this, right? Oh my goodness. Well, I hope to get as many parents to understand this as possible because I hear it over and over again. You know, I, I saw a post, post about a week ago and the parent asked, is a quote free ride scholarship, which means everything is paid for, mm. is it like winning the lottery? I said, well, you can take that two ways. Is it like winning the lottery, it's a crapshoot? Or is it like winning the lottery, woohoo, I won the lottery? And the answer is, it's the latter. Because yeah. it's not a crapshoot, it's a strategy. There are colleges that give, quote, free ride scholarships. They're not, everyone will do it. But uh, universities that are more private usually have a little more wiggle room on what they can do for you if they want you as a student to come to their school. Yeah. When my daughter, my daughter had applied to eight uh, universities across the U.S., they were Different, three different states, both public and private. And eventually, I finally got her to make up her mind as to which school she wanted to actually attend. So she sent a letter to each school, she's very formal like that, withdrawing her application and releasing her place in their upcoming freshman class. One of the private universities called to ask, what can we do to get you to come here? Wow. And they proceeded to offer everything they could. And the reason is that they could see her on that college campus. They could see her participating, being a leader, you know, being someone that is going to encourage others. That's what they're looking for. Being someone, an alumni that's going to give back. You know, there were so many character traits that colleges are looking for, and they see that in what you put together in that application. This is fantastic, Denise, and I can't thank you enough for sharing all this with us, and I really encourage everybody to go to your website. I'm going to put the, uh, I'm going to put the link in the show notes again. Just tell us again, getaheadoftheclass.com. Yes, it is. All right. 
Well, Denise Thomas, thank you. This was, this was a real pleasure. And well, thank I think, you so much. I think a lot of families me. are going to be jumping up and down right now. <laughs> well, I certainly hope that it relieves a little bit of pressure uh, because there is a lot of stress today, especially for high school seniors when it comes to these high stakes exams and applying to these colleges. And the truth is, in my book, the money should come first because having uh, the student loan debt can really affect, seriously affect their future. Absolutely. I run into people all day long. I talked to a gentleman last night. He's in his 40s. He still has student loan debt and it's keeping him from buying a house. Oh, dear. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, me. <laughs> anyway everybody's going to be, you're going to have a rush of people now. So thanks again, Denise. Thank you so much, Tracy. It was great to be here. So back to the question I asked in the title of the first part of this episode, which was, are you and your partner stressing or fighting over college fees yet? This is a big fat elephant under the carpet for a lot of step families. And if you haven't thought about it yet, start now. If you have a child, you are very likely responsible for paying a portion of their college expenses. And depending on what they decide to do, that could put you on the hook for tens of thousands of dollars. And if you're the spouse of someone who has a child, you have a serious stake in how that's gonna go down, even if you don't have any say in how it goes down. So I think that this could all be a pretty cool way to sidestep that lack of control by getting informed, getting ready, doing some legwork to potentially save your family big bucks with these kind of tips. If you happen to have a stepchild in senior year now, in 2020, they are also going to be faced with some new decisions about whether or not to do college remotely and whether that feels worth the cost given all that you're missing out on in the way of social experiences or on the other hand, whether it's providing a more affordable opportunity for college because you can actually stay at home. Either way, the best time to plant a tree, as they say, is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Speaking of scholarships, the Essential Stepmom podcast would like to sponsor you to have a free 30-minute stepmom strategy session with me. I don't know much about finding college money, but I can help you find a little more peace of mind in your family life. Here's how to apply. One, if you're not already listening in iTunes, go there and find this podcast. Two, write a review of 25 words or less, well, more or less, and submit it. Three, take a screenshot of your review and send it to me by email or personal message. That's it. And guess what? Every application is a winner. Your review will not only get you half an hour of my time on a Zoom call, it will make this little podcast more visible to the stepmoms around the world looking for advice and some solid sisters. We can do that for them, can't we? I'm Tracy Poisner. And I'll be back next week 
with a whole new season of episodes, interviews with dads. I can't wait to share these with you. And I hope you'll be sharing them with the bio parent in your household. Thanks for listening.